Welcome to WP Tonic, Episode 61, the WordPress Tonic Live Show. All about using WordPress today as a SaaS, how a freelancer is up and running, and, and of course, we're going to talk about how to get that WordPress site really fast. Jonathan, take it away, introduce the panel. Well, we've got a great panel this month. We've got two excellent guests. I'd like to first introduce Jake Goldman, um, CEO of 10UP. Would you like to introduce yourself, Jake? Sure. So I'm uh, just because we've made it incredibly confusing, technically I'm the president and founder of 10UP. Not to take anything away from my esteemed colleague, John, who's our CEO. I started 10UP about, uh, now about four and a half to five years ago, and we're a 125-person team that predominantly focuses on implementations with WordPress. And what else, what else can I say about me? Oh, it's great to have you on, Jake. You're a great member of the WordPress community, and a lot of your members contribute a lot to WordPress. Um, I'm really pleased to welcome also Thomas Griffin, CTO of Option Monster. Would you like to introduce yourself, um, Thomas? Sure, yeah. Thanks again for, for having me this evening. I've uh, been around here in the WordPress space for a while, uh, and and uh, Optin Monster is part of the Awesome Mode family, where we predominantly build WordPress products and sell WordPress products. Um, and then we also uh, run WP Beginner, the largest free WordPress resource site. And uh, so I keep my time busy managing all the technical aspects of all of those projects. Oh, yeah, busy man, uh, Thomas, a great WordPress developer, and I read your blog quite often. Um, like to introduce yourself, Sally? Uh, certainly. My name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl, and I am the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup, and I'm busy with some client sites and looking forward to going to WordCamp Los Angeles this weekend. So am I. It should be a great WordCamp. Like to introduce yourself, David? Yeah, I'm David Laetta. I'm the founder of Orange Boss Media, WordPress development. Um, I've been spending way too much time lately uh, getting prepped for WordCamp Orlando uh, since I finally put tickets up. Um, trying to think, that's yeah, pretty much all I've been doing lately. <laughs> Setting up Thanks. for WordCamp. Yep, sure. Thanks, David. Like to introduce yourself, John. Absolutely. My name's John Locke, and I'm an independent web developer from Sacramento, California, doing business as Lockdown Design. Oh, thanks. Right, uh, my great panel. Um, the first subject... And I'm Bill Conrad, the wizard. Huh. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot to mention the wizard. <laughs> All right. Um, our first topic, um, I'd like to discuss, um, you know, using WordPress as a SaaS. Um, you did a great presentation, Thomas. I think it was WordCamp Baltimore. Um, hopefully I got that right. Um, where... You did a great presentation, so maybe you can lead about, you know, what was the things you learned about trying to use WordPress, the, you know, the things you learned and the challenges. Maybe you could kick off, Thomas. Sure. Uh, so, so for those of you that do not know, uh, Optin Monster originally started out as a WordPress plugin back in September of 2013, and it it grew pretty quickly, and uh, pretty quickly became the most popular lead generation and pop-up solution inside of WordPress, uh, and we began to get more and more inquiries to use it outside of WordPress. Uh, so we made the decision in October of last year to transition over to a SaaS platform, software as a service, and we decided that we would use WordPress as the application backend. So we completed that transition back in May and uh, have been running it successfully uh, since then with, with little little to no hiccups. Uh, so that's kind of the background of, of what it's like. Um, just just an example of the scale uh, of what OptiMonster has done. In August, we served 1.3 billion API requests over the month. Right? So that's a lot of uh, API calls to WordPress. Uh, I haven't done the math, but that's that's a lot per second. Um, and that's and that's straight API calls to load data for an opt-in that will then be loaded on a site. Um, that does not include uh, different conversion calls to actually process lead data or users on the site actually building and, and doing things. So it's, it's strictly API calls. Um, so that's that's a ton of requests. Uh, you know that's that's a lot than than the majority of most most any WordPress site would ever see. 
And so because of that scale, uh, you know, we had some unique challenges that we had to address. Uh, mainly, we, had, we already had an established user base. So it's not like we could just experiment a little bit and iterate with our platform. We knew as soon as we launched this, we would have to be scaling millions of requests a day. And so uh, first, we turned to Pagely. Uh, so Pagely is our hosting partner that helped us build the architecture behind that so that it could scale. Um, it's all built on Amazon's web services platform. Uh, and, you know, we have load balance setups. Uh, we have uh, dedicated databases and dedicated caching layers. Um, we use Redis for everything. Uh, so it's, it's very, very cache heavy. We do our best to try to hit 99.99% cache hits. Um, and that way you can scale. Because uh, if, you're, if you're just hitting PHP all the time, there's no way you're going to be able to scale. Right? It just, you can't, there's no way you can get API requests consistently you know, 50 milliseconds or less. You, know, you, you have to hit it up at the network and server level. Um, so we have Nginx that we use with that, and Nginx caching um, that we complement with, with Redis, and, uh, and, and, that, and that does a, a very good job uh, of scaling. You know? And then we just have, we have custom um, purge requests and things built whenever opt-ins are saved, anything is done, so it purges those routes uh, that, are, you know, that are dynamically built. That way we kind of have on-demand updating and everything, and that helps us scale, too. Um, you know, we have ability to do custom flushes as we need to. Um, and as far as using WordPress to handle the routes, uh, we, we used a little bit of a different approach. And I wrote a little bit about this uh, back, uh, about how we had to get a little bit creative with API endpoints. Because WordPress itself, when it was originally conceived, was not built as an application framework. You know, it, it's just built as a blog so that you can have something to manage your content and then a way to actually present that. And there's really no separation of those concerns, right? In, in the WordPress scope of things, the content, the data, the presentation, and all the things that happen in between are all meshed together. And, and one of the, we, the ways that we had to get around this was we needed to find out a way to try to get the data before anything with presentation started to happen. So we didn't want any type of presentation or any that to be interfering. We didn't want any extra plugins or anything like that. You know, WordPress is nice because you have plugins that do all these things for you. Uh, they're not great when you're trying to figure out how to scale API requests. And so what we ended up coming up with was a, a must-use plugin, right? So basically when a must-use plugin is loaded, you have the the bare bones of WordPress loaded into the, you know, the application loaded. That way you can run things like queries, you have all of your user API set up, your meta API set up, so that way you can query the database directly. And then we kind of usurp what stuff should actually load on the page. Um, when, plugins, when plugins are retrieved, it uses get, the get option, you know, the option API, and we filter that. We, you know, we filter the option before it returns to us, and we check for specific routes. Um, we use uh, the Slim router, and uh, we check for specific routes. And when it matches one of those routes, we say, okay, we only want this particular plugin to load, and that's kind of our API handler. So that's kind of our REST implementation of handling each route itself. So it handles the data, it'll query the database, and then it'll send back the appropriate JSON data and exit before anything else in WordPress has time to load, right? You, you don't even get to the plugins loaded hook, right? So it, it's, it, it happens very, very early on in the life cycle. In order that, when you don't have a cached hit, you're not having to wait two, three, four seconds, you know, for an actual API call. Um, the speed is significantly reduced when you, when you limit it to just the bare bones of WordPress and one plugin to do your work. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, so I understand that. Um, what I just sort of ask. Um, oops. Let's see if I got. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Sorry, it's my fault, folks. Uh, I just got to switch this off. Right. Is that better? I think hopefully. Um, 
Jake, what you know? What's your reaction to what um, Thomas has said? And are you getting more clients looking at the possibility of WordPress as a SaaS platform? Right. So I mean, I don't. I, Tom's explanation was technically sound. It makes all the sense in the world to me. I completely agree that if you're going to build WordPress at high scale, you have to figure out cash, 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 and more cash. If that's a general truth of PHP, even with newer technologies like Hip Hop VM and others that are trying to mitigate that, the truth is you can either spend a fortune going wide and probably still have problems, or you have to introduce things like you know Redis, which is a very modern approach. In terms of using WordPress as a SaaS, um, so. I mean, to me, when you're talking about WordPress, you're talking about using it as a SaaS, to me, you're just talking about a set of tools. It's like asking if you can make a SaaS product out of PHP. Of course you can, right? You have the full power of the programming language available to you. WordPress helps you by giving you a suite of common functionalities and common helpers and common logic around caching that you don't get free with PHP. So it can be a nice layer on top of that um, to, you know, to build a SaaS platform. Um, I can't say that client-wise we've ever helped someone build a SaaS where the SaaS is running WordPress. We've worked with many customers that have many of our own products which plug into WordPress as a SaaS. So we have a SaaS product that is fairly publicly known that is push-up that does not run WordPress in the back end. We do use WordPress for key authentication. We use WordPress and easy digital downloads to handle sort of the authentication rights level, but everything below that is purely coded at a PHP server. Uh, configuration level. We have other internal, more enterprise-facing SaaS products, like a hosted version of Elasticsearch, which, again, there are nice integrations with WordPress, but we don't end up using it under the hood. Um, so I guess my short answer is I'm totally on board with everything you said. I absolutely think we can use WordPress for the right kind of SaaS product. We don't personally do much of that. Right. Um, yeah, but I think it's a perfectly viable uh, approach for the right kind of product. Yeah, I thought it was just a really interesting um, thing because I've got my own SaaS and we discussed it when I last saw you, Jake, you know, and I agreed with you when you said that, you know, for the right business publishing documentation. But I thought Thomas's um, presentation was really interesting because it's not exactly publishing. It's a, a, a area that's quite um, stressful. So, um, David... Um, have you heard people looking at using WordPress in not a publishing, but looking at it as providing uh, where they would be looking at some other technology and they're actively looking at WordPress as a SaaS? Have you spoken or heard of any, David? So the crowds that I run in um, are... Uh, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say that the type of developers who uh, need to demonstrate, you know, their knowledge and skill and whatever the newest, biggest thing is. Um, can't think of a good, <laughs> polite way to say it. Uh, so basically, people who, who just need to come up with some way to uh, say that, you know, their technology is better than yours, and here are the many reasons why. Uh, so admittedly, get a lot of um, WordPress hate when it comes to these things, uh, when, I, when I hear this. Um, I'm excited by the possibilities of being able to do things in a way that I already understand well, um, you know, in a way that uh, that already gels with what I'm doing on a daily basis and uh, that I can wrap my head around easier than going out and learning new tools all the time. Um, but I can't think of, besides the, besides the people that, you know, that what that will that you would already think about, like, what Happy Tables is one I'm thinking of off the top of my head, um, Optin Monster, I'm trying to think of other ones that are. Um, didn't, um, I believe one of the guys from Human Made just put out something called Nomad Base. I just saw that the other day. That's uh, that's using the REST API, and that's using uh, WordPress's backend. Um, so these things look pretty cool, uh, but I can't say that I've seen, like, a ground, groundswell of people suddenly going, this is what I'm going to start using. Um, maybe the time hasn't come yet, or maybe they're still working on something else. I mean, I don't know, Thomas, do you have a reason specifically that WordPress was chosen as a backend? Like, was it that was the technology stack that you guys were already used to working with? It didn't have a lot of porting over to do from the original Ops and Monster plugin, or was there something else? Uh, well, you know, for us, um, uh, I'm, I'm a very big fan of launch, iterate, and improve. 
And uh, and because OptiMonster was already a WordPress plugin, we already had a familiar data format in using WordPress. So the amount of time that we saved because we stuck with that similar, you know, you know, taking it from a plugin that's you know standalone, you know, standalone WordPress Keep on going. They'll get back. Um, taking it from the WordPress plugin itself and then putting it into uh, the actual platform made the data portability that much easier. Our team is already familiar with WordPress, and for us to go out, um, you know, not not that I don't know PHP. I love Laravel. I love all the things about Laravel. Love using Laravel. But for us, that's that's a big paradigm shift in our company. If we were to go out and try to find a particular type of developer, and then we're going to have, in, in terms of that, um, one of the things that happens when you build custom solutions like this is you typically take on a lot of technical debt um, because it's a custom implementation, right? And so now you've built it. Now you have to constantly maintain it. Now you have security updates. You have a lot of things four or five years down the road. You've got a lot of junk that you have to maintain, and you beg the person that built it not to leave, right, because you've got no clue what they've done. So at least with WordPress, it gets, it gets consistent updates, consistent con- security things, and it's an easy base for people to start from. So it's not like we've gone in and built anything crazy with it on top of it. We've just utilized an infrastructure, and like Jake said, we've utilized the tools that WordPress provides, and for me, it provides an easy way in if I, if I hire more developers, if I hire more people to get them familiar with the system, you know, so they, they know WordPress, and it's easy to get them plugged in and using it. We don't have to worry as much about the technical debt of custom systems. Uh, the longevity of it, you know, is much better for for us in that in that sense. Um, and then, you know, I guess that's the long that's the long answer. The short answer is we were all WordPress people, so we weren't about to go and try to do something else and royally screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, um, that's great. I just want to ask Sally. Um, so Sally, uh, I was in Las Vegas and I'm. I'm hearing more and more WordPress plugin, commercial plugin providers. They're looking at the SaaS model, and do you? I think that you know a lot of commercial plugins are going to go what down that model. What do you think, Sally? Um, I don't know what uh, what people are doing. This is this has been an interesting uh, discussion. First of all, yay, Pagely. Uh, they're the, the first sponsor we ever had uh, and continued to be our sponsor at, at, at the meetup and it's great that they were able to, to work with you to to uh, you know manage that load um, but hearing you describe what it took to, to make it possible to hold up under that kind of onslaught um, makes me wonder you know why anybody would choose WordPress as an application framework and I think you know you answered that in terms of well it's it's what you knew and there would be you know you, you, you've got some hoops to jump through to make WordPress work on the one hand and on the other hand you would have hoops to jump through to, to either learn the skills or, or hire someone with the skills to uh, create something that, that didn't but you know it has always seemed to me like using WordPress as an application framework was kind of a case of when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, but I think that yeah, you're breaking having, up a little bit there. Uh, I think go on to um, yeah, yes, go on to John. So um, John, what's your experience in um, looking at WordPress for SaaS? Sorry, um, I haven't run into anyone um, personally that is looking at using WordPress as a uh, SaaS. Mostly, um, it's people uh, still looking at it, uh, you know, as a regular website. And I think that Jake brought up um, some good points that. Um, to, in in order to use it at scale, um, 
there is a lot of things that need to be done uh, to to use it as a back end, as as Thomas has done. Um, and I would like to know, um, you know, ask either Thomas or Jake, where do you think WordPress needs to go in order to use it, to have it be a viable option as a uh, application framework in the think, future, like in the next couple yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, what about you, Jake? Can you answer that first, Jake? Yeah, I'll take a stab at that. I mean, my first reaction, I'm thinking about it. I don't know that I have a great off-by-the-seat-of-my-pants answer. I mean, the, the simple answers are the things we're doing with JSON APIs, the things we're doing that focus on endpoints and headless instances, and, and the things we're already doing in performance. We're focusing on the right things to make it robust as a platform. I also kind of feel like it's the wrong question. It's sort of like... Asking what a tool that I think of as predominantly built to be a platform, I wouldn't just say for publishers, but for content delivery and content centricity, asking what it means to make it a great application framework sometimes strikes me as a non sequitur question, right? It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like asking what would it take to make Microsoft Office a great, you know, sequel to Halo, right? Like it's, it's, there are things you can do to WordPress that we are doing that where the use case of WordPress is relevant, you can make you can do things that bleed over into application framework. So for example, when we're talking about SaaS, one of the things that's sort of missing in the conversation is all SaaS really means is that it's a hosted service, right? So if you're WordPress.com is technically a SaaS product, right? I think we'd all agree WordPress is probably the right product to run the WordPress.com SaaS, right? Happy Tables to me makes a lot of sense because you're fundamentally dealing with publishing and creating content. You're just doing it hosted somewhere else instead of hosting it yourself. Human Native, if they wanted to, I'm sure could release Happy Tables as a plugin, right, or a module for WordPress. It doesn't have to be hosted, right, it serves as a SaaS. In terms of an application, in terms of like it being a great application endpoint, it can do it, right, as, as, as Thomas said, you can set it up because you have the full power of PHP, you have all the helper functions. I think that it probably, if I'm being honest, those kind of instances probably are a case of you are using the tools you know best, right? I don't think like an objective sort of like stand back, look at all of the tools that are out there and build the most performant, lowest cost of infrastructure, lowest cost of overhead tool that you necessarily pluck out WordPress, but that doesn't mean if that's not if that's what you know well and you're comfortable with that tool, you feel very confident that you shouldn't use it. Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe trying to get back to the core question, I guess again, the short answer is the things we're doing with performance and core, the things we're doing with APIs, right, with JSON and headless instances are all the right things that you need to get to the place where you have a forward looking a forward looking application framework esque platform. Yeah. Oh that's great. Um I think I'll go on to the next subject now, um, and um, I think I will ask David. Um, have you got any advice, you know, experience about moving up the food chain, basically? How does a developer or a small agency um, get a, get bigger jobs, more, you know, better paid jobs? And what's your experience around that, David? Do you want to start off with that? Uh, well, um I admit, I definitely think uh, probably Jake would probably better answer this because uh, he's moved much further up this ladder than I have. Um, but the amount that I've moved up so far has mainly been through um, continuing education, just making sure that I'm always working on learning something new every day. Um, finding the right people to work with. Uh, so, for instance, I'm uh, terrible at design. <laughs> I just I, I, That's not what I do. Um, so I found a great partner who is, you know, very good at that, and we were able to uh, work together very well. And we've been working together to the point that, since since is not someone that I'm hiring directly, you know, maybe just contracting at work, but at the very least, uh, I'm not, you know, jumping around between people. I have one person who we've uh, learned each other's different, the way we describe things or the way that we solve problems together. Uh, that we don't have to keep relearning that every time. Um, and those things, I mean, they're not directly like how to get bigger clients, but they're how to become deserving of bigger clients, I guess, to a point. Um, by, by that I mean, I'm not going to try to say, oh, I've, I've put together a site or two, 
Um, clearly, you need me to handle your very large project. When I've had clients come to me with what I would consider larger projects, I've wanted, I've had to demonstrate to them, no, we've built, you know, we've built some very custom themes. We've built uh, plugins specific to our individual clients, like things that do complex tasks that they can't just go and find on the repo. Um, and, and that just gives them, I guess, more confidence. And it gives me more confidence to be able to, you know, reach out to them in the first place. Yeah, left. <laughs> right, well, I just noticed. I'm taking over. Let's talk about Blab. <laughs> Sally, you take over. I'll make you senior. You're still up in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. Um, I would say that, you know, you do have to be able to... Um, you have to be sure that you're able to do the job before you can uh, take on uh, a larger job because, you know, your $5,000 project you might be able to do by yourself and your $20,000 project is almost uh, absolutely going to be something that you're going to need other people uh, to work on, on the project with you if you have any hope of, of completing it, you know, in a, in a reasonable amount of time. And um, I am a very good web copywriter, but... I realized, you know, if I'm spending time doing content writing for these people, I'm not spending the time developing, and that slows the project down, and so I now have somebody else that I work with uh, to do the, the copywriting, and I have somebody I work with who, who does design, um, and so, you know, you need, to, you need to have your ducks in a row, and then most of my bigger jobs I've gotten uh, by referral from... Uh, people who routinely work with larger clients and have too much business. And Jonathan, you're back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I've had um, some technical troubles. Go on, David. Oh, so I just want to add on one more thing uh, based on what Sally just said. Um, when you said, you know, making sure that you're able to do a job, um, you know, obviously I agree there that I want to make sure that I can do it. But I will uh, say for some jobs, um, I guess for people who are not as uh, strong and, you know, so there's always something new to learn, uh, I want to know that I can do at least 90% of the job up front. And by that I mean is I'm always going to learn something new on the job, and just as long as I'm open to the idea that something's going to go wrong that I didn't expect or, you know, if something I thought would be really easy turns out to be more difficult because of whatever. You know, as long as I'm fairly confident, I'm okay with a little bit of learning on the job. Um, oh, it's going to happen regardless. <laughs> every, every project challenges you in, in yeah. some way, and I, I like that. I like the fact that, you know, oh, this means that I've had to learn this and that and, you know, figure out how to uh, loop through uh, stuff by, you know, in order by the ACF fields and that kind of thing. Um, but it just has to be, you know, it, it, it has to be something where I can conceive of, you know, being able to learn the stuff in time to do it. Yeah, this is my cat, Beast. We have an attack cat. Sally is in trouble. Oh, God, you're going to be attacked by the cat again. Yeah, I um, hope not. Surely you strangled me in the headset before. Uh, I just wanted to say to our guests, we have a, a tradition when Sally's on that she she has a group of attack cats. <laughs> uh, um, um, Jake, you know... Um, you came from a, a more corporate software background, and then you entered the WordPress community. So, um, what's your reflections? You know, you built a very highly successful business. Um, has it been different to your previous experience? And maybe you can give some um, tips to people that are trying to grow the business. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I've never heard it asked that way. It's it's um Well I'm English, Jake, so <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know. Um you so every industry, every if you want to call WordPress an industry, every vertical has its nuances. There are special things about the WordPress community that are wonderful and special. The latter uh, that I think David uh, mentioned. Uh, is one thing that I think is positive about it. There are resources that don't exist in other software communities, so there are definitely some things that are that are unique and that have been great about this experience and make me want to stay here. 
I actually don't think for the most part, I think I've said this a number of times, I don't think for the most part it's that different right, than any other industry. I don't think that the business side and the philosophy and the practices and the strategy are that much different from any than from the years that I spent working with Flash, the years that I spent doing government contracting, the years that I spent doing cold fusion CMSs, right, and other platforms. The community is different the, 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 and, and better, in my opinion. But ultimately, the business knowledge around how to look at the finances, right, scaling a project in a company, the strategies that help you be prepared to grow a company, the, the economic tools and, and planning and forecasting tools are not particularly different than any other agency. In fact, I think one of the traps that the WordPress community sometimes falls into is thinking that we're more special than we are, right? We're actually, I think, oftentimes a more isolated community because it's very comfortable and very nice here in this community, right? But we do think of ourselves as a special flower. In fact, you know, I've talked about that when we talk about things like, you know, WordCamp business tracks, you know, and those kind of, you know, those kind of avenues. I don't think, if you want to know and study how to grow a business, how to grow an agency, how to grow a SaaS company, there are wonderful people like Thomas to talk to you about how to grow a SaaS company that you should talk to. There are also incredibly, no offense, Thomas, incredibly more successful people Right, that have learned those tools and studied those tools that do not engage in the WordPress community, don't go to WordCamps, or never speak at a WordPress, right? You know, business talk, um, you know, you know, or, or business camp. And I do think we need to the community. Some, you know, some of the inner community as a whole can learn a lot from going outside. You know, going outside to look for help and look for education. I can tell you for sure that the people that I think of in my past in agency and in education who really had the most influence on my knowing how to grow an agency and growing how to scale a team, which we can talk about, were not people inside a technology vertical industry. Where like one of my, I think of like the five, six mentors I've had that were most influential. So then were before WordPress was, was a thing, right? But those are the lessons that I apply every day in terms of how to build, you know, how to build a company. Did I answer your question or did I just go off on my own? <laughs> I, I think you made a really good attempt to make a, a very long, you were given a very long-winded question and you've tried to make intellectual sense of it, Jake, and I'm highly impressed, actually. I always am, Jake, of your intellect. Um, Tom, I managed to say some words in response to some words you said. <laughs> hey, quick question, Jake, and, and others. What's, you know, the marketing... Uh, Jonathan's got some good products out there. I've watched him. He's got really five separate products. He, he may not know that. But what is the best way to market? You have to market, and you have to budget for market. Oh, Jonathan disappeared. I started talking. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. But uh, he'll, he'll listen to this. But all of you, you know, marketing is so critical. Now, it's different for your own agency as opposed to having a SaaS product, which is, you know, a lot bigger distribution. Jake, how do you guys market? So I think that the best marketing is driven by relationships and thought leadership, right? So I'd say the predominant way that tenant markets is through the lens of uh, is through the lens of number one relationships and number two brand awareness and visibility. So our best opportunities come from relationships that we have with agencies that know nothing about WordPress other than it's a great CMS. In terms of how to build it, they come from product platform partnerships. Infrastructure and hosting companies, right? They come from relationships where they are they are capturing as we are capturing leads where they need a complementary partner. And then I think secondarily comes from being out there as an authoritative voice and letting people who are looking for that voice discover us. We do almost no like we don't do cold calling. We don't do traditional outbound marketing. We don't have opt-in monsters that's tall right on our site. Um, it's very much a bring the leads through industry leadership and through relationship development and doing good work and getting referrals. And hey, Thomas, any, any thoughts along those lines of marketing? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely echo what Jake said about thought leadership. Um, and especially for OptiMonster, if you look at the OptiMonster blog, uh, I think you'll, you will see that theme throughout our blog. You know, we, we want to be the industry standard for conversions for anything exit intent lead generation right that's you know that's, that's part of part of the marketing um, you know part of our marketing plan as far as money and budget um, we, we've spent basically nothing 
you know, no, no money on actual paid marketing or anything. You know, we're, we're not trying to go out and, and buy our customers. Um, and the reason behind that is we, we seek to have a superior distribution platform than anybody else, um, which makes our cost per acquisition so much lower. Um, and, you know, effectively we will, we have a better business model and better bottom line than any of our competition. Um, you know, as far as the ins and outs of marketing, uh, I can't share everything. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to give away our, our secret sauce for why OptiMonster is so incredibly, has done so well in this particular industry. Um, but that, but definitely thought leadership, you know, uh, the, the idea of authority, I mean, if, if you want a buzzword right now, the idea of authority and whatever niche that you're in, um, definitely is a huge is a huge thing to consider. And then just overall, um, at, and and this and this is true of any business for any product, anything that you do, you want to have a superior distribution system, right? Even superior distribution systems can take a mediocre product and they can pound out any other product. Right, you know, and and having that type of distribution system where um, that can be that can be successful is a is is a really good not only good marketing tool but it, it's a good just business tool in general. What do you mean by distribution? Can you give a little bit more detail on that, Thomas? Yeah. Um, so di distribution is is essentially the way that you get your product out to customers. Um, and it's all the things that is entailed by that. Um, and so that, that can be sales, that can be marketing, um, that can be relationships, uh, and that can be brand visibility. It's uh, <laughs> affiliate sales, <laughs> partnerships, right? Strategic partnerships. I think you could agree with that word. Um, you know, strategic partnerships. Um, all of those things, they, they culminate into your distribution strategy. Um, it, it's the it's no different than a Kellogg's or a General Mills and their distribution systems that they have to to take. They see some little product rising up that seems to be popular, and then they come out with their own and they either squash the product or force the other product to be bought out by them. Right. So and that's and that's distribution and that's the power of distribution. Right? Oh. It's a really really powerful business tool. Uh, I was gonna. I want to ask Jake a quick question, then go on to our last um, subject. Jake, you know, um, why do you think? You know, obviously, you do. You and your team do very high-end custom WordPress development uh, for large companies. You know, and they probably looking at other um, content management. You know, in the open source, they're probably looking at Drupal. And they're looking at some other systems. Why do you think they decide to utilize WordPress, or what benefits do they think they're going to get from that, Jake? That's a great question. So the first part of that answer is they don't always, right? And let's not kid ourselves; they don't always. I think the hardest fights that we're in as a company today, and the ones that mean the most to me, in fact. I'm flying out on two, on Monday to go through another one of these are the ones where they're looking at multiple platforms, sometimes custom and bespoke, sometimes Drupal, sometimes any number of other platforms that are out there, and they're looking hard at those, looking hard at their choices. And I would say, even with our best effort, I'll get to what that means in a moment. Even with our best effort, I would say 25% of the time or less, we end up being able to convince them that WordPress is the right option for them. And when we do, I'll be a little bit, I'll be a little bit downer and say even when we do, it's oftentimes very clear that part of its winning ability is that it's perceived as a lower cost option, right? It's not because it is so clear that WordPress is superior as a platform for inter massive enterprise needs than a Drupal or you know some of these Java-based CMSs we run into, but it seems like it's a more economic choice, which is not really a great place to be if you want to if you want to help the platform grow in the industry. I think so. One of, I mean, there are a number of things you can emphasize and sell them on the benefits of being an open source in terms of controlling their destiny, the putting aside development costs, long-term cost of ownership, right, on the platform, its pace of iteration, the market share that it has, the ecosystem that you get from that market share, all of which, to be honest with you, matter modestly to those kind of companies and those kind of enterprises. Um, oftentimes, it's 
it does get a more clear win and it's not seeing the lens of the cheap options because somebody inside that company already has an affinity for the platform. They've seen it be successful somewhere else. Maybe they're a member of the WordPress community or have been to some WordCamps uh, and really have that connection. Um, I think the other hard reality, which is something I've kind of, I'm on and off trying to work on with other companies is, uh, let me rewind that sentence for a second. So one of the realities I think in marketing, and it's again, it's a fairly cynical thing to say is people choose the platform based on the efficacy of who's selling it, right? Which is to say, when I, I think when we win those fights, it has as much to do with how much effort we put into the sale. Right, and one of the places where I think we are disadvantaged is when we go up against an expression engine, when we go up against uh, the CMS called Brightspot that's publishing in the CMS industry that's Java-based. When we go up against those platforms, we are often dealing with you know, companies and corporations that have very well-funded marketing arms that have extremely polished, dedicated, 100% around-the-clock salespeople right, that sell the platform and do nothing else all day long but focus on how to make their pitch as good as possible to sell the platform. Um, and oftentimes well-connected boards and Adobe, right, and these kind of companies that can make that case. So being long-winded again, I think the short answer is when they choose the platform, it's often because somebody there has already bought into it or because frankly, you just do a very good job of putting in the work that it takes to sell them on why it's the right choice for them and just do the most polished, most impressive demo you can. Like I think, I think, 80% of sales in any marketplace, including CMS, is how polished and effective, especially in the enterprise, is how polished and effective your pitch is to the CMO, right, and the CTO may not know anything about CMS, as it is about the objective merit of the platform that they don't have time to study themselves. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Hey, John, um, you know, in Sacramento, when you're kind of pitching for work, are you kind of up against other CMSs and you know, Drupal, Joomla, and people, you know, you, you've got to kind of sell WordPress, or do people tend it's the other way around with the type of clientele you're doing with? Um, mostly, I'm targeting specifically people who are already on WordPress and in that ecosystem. Um, I would say in Sacramento, uh, you're going to see competition mostly from .NET or Drupal. Uh, mostly with government agencies because those are the systems that they already have. Um, but there are, you know, definitely uh, WordPress projects out there. I would say mostly you're talking, um, you know, small, mid-size, and even larger businesses are on it. Um, and and it depends. Um, you know, if they're already in that ecosystem, then it's uh, not a problem. But I, I think there's plenty of WordPress work out there. Um, I think with government agencies or you know nonprofits, you might have to pitch it more. But usually, they've done some research before they come to you. So right. What about you, Sally? What's your experience? You know, when you're pitching against um, other systems. Well, I don't think there've been that many cases where it was sort of specifically, this is WordPress competing against Joomla competing against. I mean, you know, if 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 I come to a situation where it seems like this project really might be better handled by Drupal or, or Joomla, I'm going to say go find a Drupal developer, here's a, here's a reference, but um, you know, a lot of the people uh, that I work with, they're looking for a good website and they may be coming from, you know, God help us front page or, you know, one of those, uh, you know, website builder tools that they get with their hosting company um, or whatever and either they have no understanding of, of systems at all, but they know what they want to be able to do, or um, they're working with a system and they don't like it. There's something that, that, they, that they don't like about it, and that makes them willing to invest in uh, changing platforms. Right, thanks. Um, I think I'll move on to the last topic, which is you know how you make WordPress a lot quicker. Um, I'm going to ask David this. Um, you know, what's your experience about dealing with um, speed issues and WordPress, and how, how do you deal with, with that when you're taking over a project or you're advising clients? Um, I go for the lowest hanging fruits first because uh, pretty much every client has that 
has that thing where, you know, 20% of their problems are going to solve 80% of their speed issues. Um, so just getting them to over that first hump is already a great improvement for most clients. Uh, at that point, and I'm, I'm referring to things, um, you know, like doing an audit over their theme plugins, make sure everything uh, are only making, you know, uh, server requests when necessary, uh, trying to see if there are queries that are going crazy and if they can be optimized. And I'm, I'm, I'm basically referring to a good portion of this work don't even have to touch code to start with to make, uh, to make some of these really low-level, uh, excuse me, uh, low-effort, high-return uh, changes on. Um, at least that's how I find it with the majority of clients. Uh, when it, uh, beyond that, um, beyond that for my clients, a lot of them is, uh, is you know, they're at, they're at the level that hosting is concerned. Um, granted, a good portion of my clients come from WP Engine, so I at least can fall back on them to uh, look into anything specifically server-related, so I don't have to spend the time on that. Um, I'll stay for the rest of my time. <laughs> right, great. Hey, Jake, um, obviously um, this particular topic was um, got in front of me because of your colleague, Alan Moore, and, he, and his presentation. And um, in it, Jake, he was talking about, you know, especially plugins, how he still finds a lot of JavaScript requests are in the header, they're not in the footer, that a lot of this is um, poor plug-in and he doesn't really quite understand why that is. So what, you know, did you discuss that with him and what's your feelings? Is a lot of these problems around hosting and basic plug-in um, coding, Jake? Yeah, I mean, yes. Or plug-in coding, or theme coding, generally, generally poor software development. Um, I almost want to caveat the word poor by saying more just lazy software development, right? In the sense that it's not even necessarily that people aren't escaping or writing secure code or following best PHP practices, but there's, you know, I think the speed and performance of browsers like Chrome and, you know newer versions of other browsers has, especially on the desktop where you're doing most of the development, can sometimes make for lazy development in the sense that you can load in 30 scripts in your header and you don't really notice much of an incremental difference every time you add one. And a lot of what Alan's talk goes over are just basic, what seem to me like basic things, but are easy things when you're trying to rush something out the door to gloss over, like if you don't need to load this script on this particular page or in this set of conditions, don't. Right, like so. For example, classic, classic, classically things like plugins for like short codes or whatever in your, you know, or custom editor buttons, right in your in your post. If you don't, if you're not actually loading a video, if you don't actually embed or load a certain type of video in your post. Don't queue the script, right? Don't load in the script, right? Whereas I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of sort of lazy development is just like we'll load the script everywhere, and a few times that it will be needed and work great, and there's not much overhead the other times. Um, other small things you can do, like taking the time to minify and join together, right? So, you know, all your scripts and your CSS. So, yeah, I didn't talk about a lot about it, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of room for optimization in the plugin layer. Well, it's, it, you know, obviously it, it's one of the enormous strengths of WordPress. You know, the the plugin library. It's one of the great attractions to people, but it's also their Achilles heel to some extent as well, isn't it? Um, what about you, Thomas? You know, was there was it pure business, or was there also kind of technical reasons why you moved from a plugin setup to a SaaS? Was it pure business, or was there kind of technical issues as well about running it as a plugin rather than going to the SaaS model? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, mostly for business, um, you know, our your WordPress powers a lot of the web. You know, it's 25% of the top, you know, X amount of sites or whatever. Right? So it, it, it powers a lot of the web, but that's 75% of the web left that you can't access, right? You just don't have access to because you're limited by your platform. Um, and so, uh, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of the decision was moved to business, and, and, our, and our customers asked for it. I mean, we, we kept having to refund people, and we kept having to turn people away because 
they couldn't use it on their Shopify site. Magenta, their custom CMS. Well, the, the fools, Thomas. They're not using WordPress. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but yes, there were some some technical pieces too that made the transition a little bit easier. Um, one in particular is with our email service provider integrations, and just you know they're 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 typically built in a manner that they don't expect it to be distributed. Um, you know, with PHP 5.3 and all the namespaces and everything with that is awesome. Right, we use that internally everywhere, but having something distributed with that is—I mean—it's just well, WordPress doesn't support that, right? And the lowest common denominator that means that now we have to shim whatever they built in order to make sure that it works for the every, make sure it works for everybody. Uh, and then that would just loading conflicts, and then people not getting their leads generated. Um, performance issues with trying to accurately calculate analytics and impressions uh, is just hard, especially when you're on shared hosting providers. Uh, you know, they're just, they're not built to do that type of analytics reporting. Um, so yeah, there there are definitely some technical things that that would want us to to move uh, over to our own SaaS platform. But I I would say the majority of the reason is business. Oh great! I'm just going to quickly ask my co-host. The wizard, my rock, when I'm having technical troubles. Have we got any questions, Bill? Any questions at all? Uh, no, I've been checking with Twitter. We had a little fly, uh, flow today. Only a few of us got Twitters out. But that said, before we leave today, we've got about 10 more minutes. You know, people want to know how can they get a hold of you if they want to email you or find you. So if each of the panel would just give out their contact information, that would be great. And also, what are you doing this week? And I know a few folks are going to WordPress cam or WordCamps. Orlando and LA is Orlando this weekend? Uh, no, Tampa's this weekend. It's Tampa, Tampa. I'm okay. just giving you all advance notice now. So, <laughs> uh, well, Jonathan, why don't you go through in the last? We've got nine minutes left. Well, I thought we short because until you know, I think my computer is going to blow up at any minute. I've never had so much technical trouble. No. But there we go. Um, so. We know what David's going to be up to. So, what about you, Jake? Do you kind of like chill out over the weekend, or is it you know you just catch up with the stuff that you just couldn't cope with during the week, or do you try and chill out? Uh, I would say I try to chill out. I would say there are plenty of weekends where you know I don't get ahead of myself, and I do need to probably spend a good several hours just combing through the muck that I didn't get to during the week. I am doing uh, travel and a, and a uh, fairly, I think, important pitch against other platforms on Tuesday, so I'll probably spend some of that time undistracted by everything else that gets my attention during the weekdays preparing. Can I ask, uh, you, can I ask you one quick question, Jay? Reflecting, because yeah. how long have you been um, running 10Up? Well, you started it. 10Up, which was February 2011, so somewhere between four and a half and five years now. If you were talking, if you were talking to Jake five years ago, what, what what would what would be the key bit of advice that you would tell tell Jake five years ago that you know now? <laughs> I'm not here to question you because it works out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I never have a good answer to that. It's a good thing I don't have to do many interviews anymore because I've never never had good answers to those questions. Um, you know, I think um, I think when I think about things that I struggled with four and a half years ago that seemed to me like things I shouldn't have wasted so much stress and anxiety over, it would really be over uh, dealing with uh, dealing with change and particularly personnel change within the organization, right? So I think I would tell myself in the spirit of this weekend, I would tell myself to chill out a little bit on stressing over you know, stressing over uh, hiring decisions or termination decisions or, you know, letting, you know, uh, letting relationships, not even just in the company, but letting relationships inside and outside the company that aren't working anymore fade. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you hang on to things that are meant to kind of dissolve, really, aren't they? Yeah. What about you, John? What are you up to? Are you going to LA or you're staying in Sacramento? Yeah, skipping LA. Um, I will be at WordCamp in Sacramento. Um, so, and uh, when, when yeah. is WordCamp in Sac? November seventh. Sac. November seventh, I think. 
Oh, well, we'll okay. be there. Yeah. We'll be there. What about you? Awesome. What about you, Sally? You already told me, but maybe you wanted to tell our audience what you're going to be up to over the weekend. Right. So I'm going to Camp Los Angeles for the yeah. first time, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it should be great, shouldn't it? We're we're going to be there, me and the wizard, and we're sponsoring it as well. Um, what about you, Thomas? Is it your weekends to chill out, or you're just trying to catch up with all the mayhem that you didn't cope with during the week? Uh, I I do my best to chill out. Uh, I really made that a focus, uh, even even the past year. Uh, really trying to chill out and keep business as business, and then focus on my relationship with my wife and my family. And other people, uh, so I, I I do my best to try to keep work away when it's you know, when it's not during, during the week. As far as this weekend, I'm going to a bachelor party weekend in Asheville. My good friend is getting married next month, and so we're we're going up there this weekend for a bachelor party. Well, that's great. You know, uh, Thomas. You know, you you've been involved in a lot of uh, WordPress business and development, and I. I've read your blog. So, uh, you know, have you got any advice for somebody who's trying to start a plugin, um, uh, kind of WordPress kind of business through the plugins and themes? Is there any anything that comes to mind that you could advise somebody? I know it's a big question, but I just wondered if there's anything sure. that comes to your mind. Sure. Um, so I believe the question you're asking is if, if they're wanting to start kind of a product business in WordPress with a, with a plug-in, what advice would I give them? I, I knew you could understand my jumbled in, English, Thomas. You know. sure. um, some of the advice, advice I would give them is uh, done is better than perfect. Um, you, you don't have all the answers to the questions you think you're solving when you first build it. And, uh, I, I guarantee you that your your customers will will show you that in the very first day of your launch. Um, so just go in, go in with that mindset that you know you you don't know as much as you think you do, right? And hum, humble yourself to be able to be okay with that. You know, some people legitimately have a tough time taking that. So just just humble yourself and remember that done is better than perfect. And um, focus on getting something launched. Uh, there, there are a lot of a lot of people who have a lot of great ideas and 50 things that got started, and they never get completed. And so, one of the best ways for you to get something launched is to write it down on a piece of paper and write down the date. Sit down and take the time to write out the milestones that you're going to try to meet to launch that. Right? That that greatly increases the chances that you'll actually do it. And if you even stick it on your computer and you stare at stare at it every day, uh, it, it will further increase its chances. So, so to sum all that up, two things: done is better than perfect, and write down what you want to do. Oh, so true. Because I'm developing with my developers, a free, uh, ever expanding SaaS product myself. Um, and Thomas, um, your words are, are spot on. Actually, I can tell they're based on great experience. Um, um, me and um, the wizard are going down to um, Los Angeles. Um, WP Tonic is sponsoring WordCamp Los Angeles. I think it's going to be a, a great WordCamp. We're really looking forward to it. I'm not sure if Bill's looking forward to um, the drive with me, but. Um, He's a, he's been a great co-host. I just want to really thank the panel, um, our guest Jake from Ten Up. You've been fantastic, Jake, and you've been very gracious in joining us. And you're always a fantastic um, member of the community. And you talk a lot of sense. Um, Thomas, thank you for coming on a short notice. It's been great. Um, David said I should try, and um, he helped. And uh, I'm going to try and get more of the WordCamp um, people on. Um, but you've really, it's been fantastic to learn about your experience with Option Monster. And thank, thanks for the regular panel. You, you've all been fantastic. And I think it's been, a, unfortunately, I've had some technical issues, but my great co host has helped out and it's all gone smoothly. <laughs> Here's Jason's computer. We need to get him a new one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Thanks, Wizard. Oh, I really appreciate it. Oh, oh, God. It's all come out. My secrets are coming out. He's been putting all his money into his SaaS product. And he's yeah, like, that's true as well. It's bankrupt. <laughs> well, you're using a MacBook Pro. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah. What's three or four years old? It's three years old. K mode, at least. <laughs> well, that's a good finish. We got people. We got Jonathan laughing. Right. That's right. And FYI, everyone out there, I do a lot of shows with Jonathan, and we do a lot of podcasts. And usually, he's got great sound. So, but you're fine now. Who knows what was going on? I think it was the internet connection. Actually, it's been Maybe. a bit. The the cable company uh, to say that they're not reliable would be a, a gross understatement. We it's are in northern like, Nevada. It's a bit some of those relationships that um, Jake was saying that needed you need just to let go. <laughs> we're we're on an island in the island on the east side of the Sierras. <laughs> I play WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> if only Hangouts was on WordPress. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop. Stay on. I'm gonna stop the broadcast. Aloha, everyone. Wave, wave. Everyone's got to wave. When everyone waves, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>